Welcome to Season 2, Episode 50 of Gavin with the Gala Sisters. You're going to spend the next few hours with us, so we invite you to get a cup of coffee, tea, juice, water, or your drink of choice, and maybe a snack. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rhea. And we're the Gala Sisters. We're actually Irish twins. Yeah, which means we're 15 months apart or less. So, just warning, there's going to be spoilers in here about Star Trek DS9. If you haven't seen it, you need to go watch it and then come back and listen to this. Because we don't mind spoilers and being confused, and go ahead and listen. This is in the this is adult content. And you may know us from YouTube as the Gal Sisters. However, we're going to do things a little more casually around here. And with that, we'll take a look at the kidnap of Miles O'Brien. Now let's throw in a little bit of a writer here. Rach, did you know that Cole Meany actually played a bridge officer in the pilot of Star Trek at TNG? Yeah, I did. That's really cool. That is cool. Cole Meany is not super famous. I think he was in Peaky Blinders. He's super famous for Star for his, Trek. Yeah, but for his role, he actually played that role over two, over two series. He started playing it in Star Trek The Next Generation. And the role continued into D Space Nine. Yes. And that's really important to remember that. Yeah. Because if we don't remember that, then what's the point? Yeah. You know, it took place in the same universe. So literally anybody from the Star Trek universe could literally show up in literally anything. And we saw that a little bit in TNG when the guy that played Scotty appeared. I think that he was kind of like a whipping boy. I don't know if the producers didn't like him or if the showrunners didn't like him or what because he got himself into a lot of trouble. Yeah, he was always made to look kind of stupid. Um, his character always seemed kind of like angry. He always seemed very confused too. Confused and angry and always in trouble. He always got into the worst situations ever. Yeah. He was just, he had this way of like if there was a stupid idea, he was going to do it. Mm -hmm. He made so much trouble. And I'm sure that there was a reason why they did this kind of stuff to him. Not unlike um, Ensign Harry Kim in Deep Space Nine or like Tom Paris in Deep Space Nine. Or not unlike Heather Morris on Glee. I figured that she must have pissed off Ryan Murphy because he just shat on her in one season. And me and her go into a wheelchair and like. <laughs> they really destroyed her character. I'm like, do not piss off your producer. You obviously did something to piss off your producer. Yeah. It was just funny, honestly. That every time we turned around, it was like, oh my god, what the hell did he do now? Yeah? Like, or like Riker was the whipping boy in TNG. Yes. Very much so. Mm-hmm. Star Trek always has one of those. They duplicated Riker. I mean, I'd be kind of pissed if they did that to my character. But hey, there should only be one of me. Yeah. But Colby is... He's not super famous for doing anything else, really. No. I believe he's Irish. Yeah, well, he's got that big old Irish accent. And he's very... Sometimes when he's talking, I'm like, what's happening? I do like that they made him friends with Dr. Bashir, though. I do think that was kind of cool. Their friendship was really fun to watch. I think that really made his character. Mm-hmm. I, I really do. Gave him a soft spot. And the same woman, Rosalind Chow, who played his wife, I think she was in the live-action Mulan. Yeah, I think she was. I don't know what she played. I've never seen it, but I've read about it. Mm-hmm. 
All right, so we're going to go through his captures in each episode that we found. So, of course, we have to start with Armageddon Game, which was in Season 2, Episode 13. So, Armageddon Game was the 33rd episode filmed. It was directed by Winrich Colby, written by Morgan Gendel or Gendel. Sorry, I don't know how to say it. I'm sorry. It could be either or. You don't know. Featured music is Jay Chataway again. First aired on January 31st, 1994. So this is one where Dr. Bashir and O'Brien, they're helping these two races that have been at war destroy these things called the Harvesters. And the Harvesters destroyed everything in their path. I mean, it was just a weapon that was disgusting. And they didn't want there to be any knowledge of this weapon to exist after they were done here. And they were having trouble trying to destroy it to figure it out. Well, finally, they figure out a way to dismantle this. It's a biological weapon, and it just eats everything in its path. I mean, it's really gross. It's absolutely disgusting that you would even use this type of warfare and I wouldn't trust people who would and there's a reason why so they go around and they figure it out they finally figure it out but when they figure it out they kill everyone in the room or so it would seem I mean and they do that in a lot of like spy novels and stuff Mm -hmm. For lack of a better way to explain it, aren't uh, Miles O'Brien and Julian Bashir still alive? Yes. Is this and this is the where they want them dead, right? Mm -hmm. And they keep saying, "No, no, 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 no! I want them dead! I want them dead!" And of course, Commander Cisco was like, "I don't think so. No, not on my watch." Right. Well, Keiko figures it out. That they're not really dead. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you know Keiko again is commander of is Chief O'Brien's wife. You know they became married in TNG. Yep. That's just important to remember. Yeah. And Keiko says, "Well, you know, my husband never drinks coffee in the evening, so he's definitely not dead. This pick this video footage that we got is wrong." And of course, they get them back in the end. But what's significant about the coffee thing? She's wrong. Yeah, she was wrong. She's wrong. Mm -hmm. He's like, no, no, I drink coffee all day long. And, you know, that just kind of goes to show how almost kind of secretive Miles O'Brien is in his own life. Yeah. All right. The next one is a two-parter. It's called Whispers in Season 2, Episode 14. This was directed by Les Landau, written by Paul Robert Coyle, featured music Dennis McCarthy, Original air date, February 7th, 1994. So this is the one where weird things begin to happen. Yeah. Um, then, like, like um, everybody's, his, his uh, daughter and wife are eating breakfast in the morning, and everyone seemed like they seemed really weird or, like, not sure what was really going on around him. Mm-hmm. And then it continued to happen. Everyone seems like they don't trust him. Or maybe even don't know him. Mm-hmm. 
despite the fact that he's been a member of their crew for about two years now. He thinks that they're in a conspiracy against him. And that's just weird. He thinks there's some kind of a conspiracy, and he keeps talking about, like, Cisco makes them love Jake's grades, but then Jake later says, no, 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 that's not true, because his wife, because Keiko was teaching the school mm -hmm. at the time. And then Bashir examines him, gives him a clean bill of health, but he knows something isn't right. This episode confused the hell on me. Me too. Of course, Odo, the chief of security, is investigating all this, but he can't find anything wrong. But I guess... It turns out they made a clone of him that was supposed to, like, kill rebels or something like that. It was really... And the clone was like, why is everyone acting weird around me? I don't understand. And the clone didn't know. They didn't tell the clone. I did not understand this episode at all. No. It made zero sense to me. But sometimes there are episodes of Star Trek that don't make any sense. I still don't get it. You don't get it? Oh, well. Do you get it? No. It's no. like a clone. And the last thing the clone, as he dies, he says, Okay, so I love her. Well, I mean, he's a clone. So if Keiko's his O'Brien's wife, wouldn't Keiko know that? Yeah, it's just weird. I don't understand this. But again, Miles O'Brien, the whipping boy. Yes. The whipping boy of DS9. It's funny. So the next one we go to is Paradise, season two, episode 15. So like a bunch, like right in a row. Um, this was directed by Corey Allen, story by Jim Trumbetta and James Crocker, featured music Dennis McCarthy, original air date February 14th, 1994. Yeah. So these are from a really long time ago. Yeah. So this is the one where Cisco and O'Brien get stranded on... Well, they get shipwrecked, you know, on a world, and their none of their electronic devices will function. Yeah, we talked about this one a little bit in um, yeah one of the and I think it was the life of Cisco. Of course, you know, Cole Meany has to be one of the ones captured because he always is. He's just a derper derper derp. I got captured again, and basically, this woman has decided that technology doesn't need to be a part of them, and she tricked them. Yeah. This is the one that has the most racist. Is this the one that really yes, This is the one that is. has really it's racist. That one. This one's oh really my racist God. because they make uh, Cisco, played by Avery Brooks, uh, go into a hot box like they would have done for slaves, and that was it's not. Just, it's no, just like, don't, um, please don't do that. That was not appropriate. Not at all. And they're just basically everybody's just trying to find them, and they finally are found. Yeah, but this is definitely an example of where O'Brien got captured. Yes. They couldn't give somebody else an option to be captured. It couldn't have been somebody else. Uh-huh. Oh, this one is a good one. Probably one of the better episodes. So the next one is Tribunal, Season 2, Episode 25. Man, Season 2 is really brutal to Colmini. So this was directed by Avery Brooks, mm -hmm. who played Cisco, and written by Bill Daniel. I guess that's how you say his name. Feature music, Jay Chataway. Original air date, June 6th, 1994. This episode is probably the one of the best episodes ever. Yep. I would say that this might be one of, if not my favorite episode of East Space Nine. Where he gets, where we kind of learn how the Cardassian justice system works. 
Mm -hmm. And it's brutal. Oh my God. And I made a joke about, um, this is where Letitia James got her degree and I had to explain the joke to somebody from the Cardassians. Cause in Cardassia, if you're guilty of something, you're guilty of something. Yeah. You do not get to say, I did not do it. So they have a unique justice system, which they don't really have a justice system. When you go and you stand trial, they decide whether you're guilty or innocent before you stand trial. And most people are guilty. And your trial is... Or like, your execution. Yeah. It's preliminary to your execution. It's just ridiculous. So they decide that Miles O'Brien is guilty. But um, Odo gets wind of it, even though he's given a counsel. And he says, I'm going to represent. I'm mm -hmm. going to represent him. And because, you know, Odo's a badass like that. And they won't even tell Colmini. They don't even tell O'Brien what he's being charged with. So he's like, why the hell am I here? And poor Keiko is like beside herself because they're like, yeah, be scheduled to be executed. Sorry. Yes. And he's like, he's like on trial for stealing something that the Maquis, that the Maquis stole. You know, mm -hmm. the Maquis are like bad guys. They're like the outlaws, basically. Yeah. Maquis, they talk more about in um, Voyager, I would say. Mm -hmm. I would definitely say that. And some guy named Boone had got on to DS9 who was surgically altered so that he wouldn't look like a Kardashian to frame O'Brien. Not even just O'Brien, but like anyone yeah. on Starfleet. And... They're like, we don't want any new evidence. Blip, 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 blip. But, oh, that's probably one of the better ones, in all honesty. That might be my favorite episode of Deep Space Nine, just about ever. Because it shows what, sav what savages the Cardassians are. So, Brian, he just doesn't even get to take his vacation. He doesn't even get his vacation. I mean, he gets it eventually. They're like, finally, you can take it. Because once they bring in Boone, they're like, oh, okay, the gig is up. But, I mean, they were just ready to execute him. They were just ready. I mean, can you imagine how terrible it would be to live on a planet where justice system works like that? Oh, wait! We already do! Yep, that kind of feels like that's how we want like, the justice system like to I be said, now. Like I said, I, I made a joke that, like, Letitia James got her degree on Cardassia. Mm -hmm. On Cardassia Prime. And they were like... Wait, no, and they, like, didn't get it, and I had to explain to them the joke. The current AG of New York. I had to explain the, the joke, and I shouldn't ever have to do that. Okay, the next one is Visionary from Season 3, Episode 17. Oh, my God, we made it out of Season 2! That's amazing! Woo! That's good for Colmini that we made it out of Season 2. Uh, this was directed by Rita Badi. I'm so sorry, honey, if I butcher your name. Um, story played by Ethan H. Cock. Featured music is once again Jay Chataway. Original air date February 27, 1995. So this is the weird one, like a time travel one, right? Okay. Now this episode is sort of kind of repeated in De I mean in uh, Voyager, right? Mm. Where like the Carrie the Harry Kim from the other like weird part, like becomes the Harry Kim. So this is actually this is actually a very common repeated episode. Yeah, he O'Brien gets exposed to radiation poisoning and then gets jumping five hours into the future. Mm -hmm. And at some point in time he actually gets replaced by Miles O'Brien from the future, which is like I said before, kind of like when the Harry Kim replaced the Harry Kim. Yeah. It, it that happens sometimes. It does happen. 
it is a very this is a very common episode in all honesty and he keeps jumping in time and they are able to prevent it from happening eventually because he's able to because you know because you know future sometimes you can prevent yeah it. he's able to return back and stop it but oh my god it's like this one's a mind fuck. you're like wait what did i just watch but yeah this is definitely another one where o'brien gets his entire life fucked over yeah <laughs> i mean he just goes through the ringer and he gets so mad when he has to go through it yep. too. It's kind of funny. He's so like, able, "No, no, no! <laughs> Why is this happening to me?" So they're able to stop the Romulans, basically. Mm -hmm. Well, the Klingons were the ones that did it. Okay, so the next one is Hard Time, season four, episode nineteen. Um, directed by Alex Singer. Story by Dennis Keys Moran and Lynn Barker. Featured music: Dennis McCarthy. Original air date, April 15th, 1996. This is an interesting one. Um, once again, O'Brien is unjustly accused of a crime on a foreign planet. This one was Agatha. And in the future, they seem to have more unique ways of dealing with criminals on certain planets. And I can definitely see something like this happening at some point. A plot like this is also in Voyager. Yep. Very much so, where like he's like forced to relive a crime that he didn't what happened to Tom Paris. Yep. So very similar. Exactly. That's what I'm saying is that instead of having someone actually serve time in the physical world, they have them do it in their head. So they implanted memories of of an time that he was imprisoned, even though he didn't actually go through it. Physically, he went through it mentally. Yeah. And so they release him back to DS9 and... He remembers having... He remembers being in this prison. He thinks that he went to prison for these amount of years when in reality it was only a few minutes. And he made that friend. Yeah, but he made a friend while he was in prison and he ended up killing that guy. Over some food. Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah. And... So he's all fucked up. I mean, I don't know how it's possible for him to be able to function at all after that. And I can see them trying to do something like that. I, I could too. Um, basically, disgusting. And basically they have to figure out how to get the memories out of his head. Yeah. Which, you know, like we said before, this happened in Voyager as well. We have to, you know, figure out to get the memories out of their head. Yeah. And it'll be interesting in the future to see if we can actually... Do something this to is, your brain. This is this was a mind fuck, and he he felt bad that he killed his friend, and he kept seeing his friend, and then he was like trying to like save food for later because he wasn't used to having as much food as he as he was, and then uh, he couldn't sleep in the bed with Keiko. He had to sleep on the floor, and she covers him with a blanket at one point. Yeah, but I mean, he's so fucked up when he comes back. He almost hits his little daughter, Molly. Yeah. yeah, but I mean. Not excusing that type of behavior, but he's gone mad. Absolutely. Beyond the point of PTSD. I mean, he's... They tortured him. Yeah, and if you torture someone, even in your mind, you're going to go a little crazy. You're going to get some PTSD, maybe some DID. Who knows? Mm -hmm. I'm being honest here. Yeah. This is, I mean, this is real talk. Like, this is not made-up crap. I mean, it's just so horrible what they did to him. I felt really bad. I did too, but apparently they... Uh, 
showrunner thought he deserved it. So the next one is the assignment. It's season five, episode five. Directed by Alan Broker. Uh, story played by R by David R. Long and Robert Lederman. Featured music by Gregory Daryl Smith. Original air date October 28th, 1996. This is the one where Keiko gets possessed. Oh, this is actually where he like he she he all these weird stuff happens and he knows it's not really her, but she wants has like weird demands. Yeah. This is actually another really good one. Yeah. And they're like, if you don't follow through with our demands, we'll kill her. Yep. And they start torturing her right in front of him. That's horrible. So basically, like, doesn't she, she even stops Keiko's heart for a few seconds? Isn't that what happened? Yeah. It turns out that it's a Pauray. Oh, yes. The good old Pauray. Listen to last week's episode. They want all the, he, the, they want him to do all these weird things, right? Yeah. And because um, Miles does stuff out of character, like he knocks the security chief, Odo, and then he lets Keiko know that he's got all these things that she demanded. Because mm -hmm. she wants to go through. But he oh, ends oh. up killing the Pauri and mm -hmm. tricking them. Yeah, poor Rom. Rom got fucked over in this too. Yeah, but Rom also, then Rom got rewarded for shift as yep. a reward for working very, very, very hard. And everyone is just kind of like happy it's over. Yeah. But that's a really that's a really weird one. Yeah. That's a fucked up episode. It's really fucked up. So the next one is the Prodigal Daughter, season seven, episode eleven. Directed by Victor Lobel, written by Bradley Thompson and David Whittle. Featured music, Dennis McCarthy. Original air date, January 4th, 1999. Yeah. And this one features the Dax. I don't like this much. No. Do you? I don't like that. Brian had a run-in with the Orion Syndicate and they arrested him. Because of course they did. What, what else would they do? <laughs> you tell me. What else would they do? Mm -hmm. And O'Brien helps Esri under, like uncover murder or something like that it's like in it's a good one but it it i don't like the uh esri dax episodes no i don't either i think jetsia did a better job but again it's just like randomly like oh we arrested colmini like wait what 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 colmini's character why did they arrest him I, mean, gets arrest I get why but i don't understand either but like it's just funny to think that like and it's that's true with like in like Voyager, they have, like we said before, they have Harry Kim and Tom Paris. And, you know, they have two whipping boys in that. Or like Jonathan Frakes' character, you know, uh, yeah. Riker. It's just, it's funny to think that there's always a character that the producers and directors and showrunners don't like. Yeah. So they, you know, put the character through hell. They really do. And I think that that's not, that's, you know, that's not an accident. No. I mean, Technically, if you want to get real specific, Colmini has Star Trek syndrome, meaning he was cast as one of the one character. He's, like I said before, he's an unnamed character on the bridge in the pilot of TNG. Yeah. I do, I think the best scene that ever involved his character was in the pilot of Deep Space Nine when he asks, he says to Picard permission to disembark. 
permission granted. And he and Picard beams him off the ship. Yeah. It's Picard that beams him off the ship. I think that's interesting. Because mm-hmm. I've never seen Picard use the transporter beam before. Yeah, there was definitely a trend here that he got captured. And he was kind of stupid. And he fell for every single alien plot, just about ever. Yeah, and ended up being tortured a lot. I mean, even the Kardashians, he's so lucky he wasn't killed. I mean, he's just like, damn. But then, I feel like when the Kardashians got him, he was just almost too calm. Like, uh, well, I guess. What, 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 what do we do? I would be, like, scraping. I'd be so fucking pissed. I mean, I don't know Cole Meany in real life. But I wonder if any of this fucked him up permanently. I do wonder. Because we did a comparison between Vivian Lee and Amber Heard on our YouTube channel. And it's very true that sometimes when you play a really fucked up character, it can really warp and meld your head. Yeah. Interesting. Just some interesting thoughts. There's just so much interesting things and parallels. And things that happen in the Star Trek universe. Mm, but his bromance with Bashir is definitely what saved the character. Oh, I think so too. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to add? No. So we are going to end the podcast here. As always, thank you so much for joining us. If you're interested, we generally post podcasts on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Central, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you like hearing us talk, you might also enjoy our YouTube channel. That can be found over on the Gala Sisters. Over there, we talk for trending topics, a lot of Me Too. Right now, we are heavily, 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 heavily covering the Johnny Depp case, the ridiculousness that is Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard. We also go live on Sunday nights, but we also, over there, our local schedule is Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 11 a.m. Central, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, unless there is something big in the world going on that we want you to not forget. Because, you know, or you know, the less likely things are to repeat themselves. Also, we have a second podcast that goes out to the Thursday before a WWE pay-per-view event. Entitled The Gala Sisters Presents Mistress Wingress. And go follow us on Twitter at The Gala Sisters, Instagram at The Gala Fam, Facebook at The Gala Sisters. We have two TikToks, Gavin with The Gala Sisters, and our The Gala Sister one too. We've got merch. You can donate to the channel by buying us a copy. If you want to start your own podcast, use our affiliate link below to also sign up through Buzzsprout. And you can email us at thegalafam at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye.